We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo sports talk and more. My name is Patrick Moran. Thank you for listening, watching, following, and subscribing. Appreciate y'all very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Imperial Pizza. Two locations, the staple location at 1035 Abbott Road in South Buffalo, and also brand new location, 1655 Main Street near Kenesha's College. I'm excited about today's episode because, well, for a lot of reasons, but first and foremost, if you're a an OG, watcher, listener to Talking Buffalo, you know the foundation of this show was built on having guests on for the first time and giving people an opportunity to learn more about them. Over the years, this has kind of delved more into traditional sports talk, but these are my favorite types of shows. And after doing like 700 or so of these episodes, it's not often that I get an opportunity to get somebody out from the Buffalo sports or news media that hasn't been on before and having the opportunity to do these types of shows. But got one today, man. Channel 7 sports anchor reporter Dom Tibbetts is with me. What's going on, dude? How you doing? I'm good, Patrick. First off, thank you for having me on. It feels good to lead the charge of the new wave uh, of sports and news media that are coming on to Talking Buffalo. You know, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll wear that as a badge of honor. But no, thank you for reaching out. I'm happy to be here and excited to talk. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on, man. And um, I kind of, like I said, for fans, these types of shows are more of an opportunity to get to know Dom, like his life, his career up through this point, some of your likes, some of your dislikes. These are like my, like I said, my favorite uh, types of shows. And we'll kind of, we'll go, actually, let's go to the beginning. Now I've done some homework and let me preface this too, by the way. <laughs> Some people that I've had on the show, even if it's their first time, I've known them and it's just been in, uh, you know, having an opportunity to be able to connect with them. In this right. case here with Dom, quite literally, we talked for, I don't know what, maybe two to three minutes before we started rolling uh, the camera and the, and the recorder here. Uh, besides that, I've literally never had a, a conversation with you before. So I'm looking forward to this too and getting to know more about you just as well, like I said, as, as the people who are watching or listening to this show. Let's kind of Let's go to the beginning. Like I said, I've done my homework. I do my homework. Yeah, let's things. roll. All you're right. A native, so you're a native of Syracuse? 
Yep. Yep. Syracuse native. So grew up all my life in Syracuse. Uh, primarily, I lived in Camillus. I'm a West Genesee alum. I don't know who from the central New York 315 area is going to listen to this and be like, that's that's a West Jenny guy right there. Probably a few. <laughs> but yeah, no. So um, didn't grow up very far away. Uh, went to Onondaga Community College for two years after I graduated and then went and got my bachelor's in Ithaca and then got right into the business, man. So it's been a uh, it's been a ride. It's it's good to to finally get back. It's funny is I remember telling I told so much of my like my family and friends. <laughs> I said once I get into this business, I was like I don't really have a desire to move back to New York. Uh, like you know, Syracuse was an option after my first job, um, and it just the timing was off. Didn't really work out. It was middle of COVID too. Tough to find yeah. a job, you know. And it's nothing against the stations of Syracuse. I've interned at both three and nine there. So, and I, you know, big fan of Stephen Fani. He's a mentor to me, as was Nico Tamarian, who's now in Seattle. But I always told you know, my family and friends, I was like, there's two jobs I'd move back to New York for. And I was like, I'm probably never going to get them. But if I'm younger, I would go back down to the city. And if anybody gave me the opportunity to cover Buffalo's, Buffalo sports, I would take it. And then, you know, here we are. So uh, yeah. as a guy who came from Florida in his last station prior to coming up here, I was like, ah, this is pretty hard to leave. And right opportunity came along. I lived in Florida for five years. And we're going to get to that because I know a couple places that you worked before coming back here to New York. And I really think it's a, uh, you want to talk about some culture shock, like the places you live compared to where you grew up and where Dude. we are right now here in Buffalo. Definitely gonna get, yeah, I definitely, I want to get to that stuff. Going back to Cuse though, as, as, as a kid growing up, like were you into sports right away as a kid? Did you play sports? Like what were some of your, some of your hobbies when you were just a, a young kid growing up in Syracuse? No, it really was like, I was a sports fan all my life. I can remember the distinct moment, you know, seven, eight years old. And now I didn't have this weird childhood where I was like, uh, you know, sports analytic guy, like Warren Sharp was just like crunching numbers from eight years old. Sure. But around that time, I just remember I flipped on sports center and every morning before school, I would just watch it. And I would, you know, and that was back when sports center had the kind of the old format. You could see the rundown on the side of the screen. You could yeah. see the highlights of everything they're getting to. And I would just watch that again, religiously every morning. And so much so that my dad would come out, he'd give, he'd be getting ready for work and he'd be like, Dom, Lakers game score. I'd be like, oh, 117 to 100. Kobe had 47. It was crazy. <laughs> Triple double, you know, like, uh, so sports has always been, you know, something I was fascinated in. I never really thought it would be a career because I played baseball, basketball. My football career ended my fr after my freshman season, uh, I was going to be a receiver. I was not fast nor tall enough to <laughs> uh, play receiver. I was too small to be a tight end and too uh, at, might not seem it, but at the time I was too skinny to be a lineman. So um, just was out of the picture. And I never, I, I made it six weeks on a junior college baseball team. You know, when I went to OCC during tryouts before the coach and I mutually were like, okay, we're, this probably isn't going to work out for either of us. So it, it's funny is, you know, I've always had the, like the, the desire to want to work in sports, but not any way has to do with, oh, because I'm a former athlete, you know, that's, that's, right. that's never really been uh, a part of that conversation. So the only, the only other thing I will say was funny is I did want to be a forensic scientist growing up. And then all of a sudden had like a switch of the flip. I met this guy who worked for CBS sports, Dave Ryan, he introduced me to his world as a play-by-play -play guy, and I was like, I was hooked from there. 
that's that's really where it started. You know, every uh, every every boy growing up, every kid is going to be in the NFL until they get to high school. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, your freshman, sophomore year, you forgot, like, maybe that's not going to happen. Oh, uh, dude, we knew. We knew I was in, like, fifth grade or so. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if this guy's – I don't know how far he's going to get. I think my parents were being really nice, but they knew that uh, one of us were going to be paying for my college education. There was no scholarship in, in my future. But you know what? Play. I still feel like playing youth sports is, is important. Not oh, just absolutely. even for the athletic part of it. You know, some – some kids are better than others, like on the field or on the courts or on the ice or whatever. But I, I really do think it's important growing up to play sports because it kind of gives you a sense of discipline, um, building chemistry as a team, working together as a team. I think there are 100%. little life lessons as a kid that kind of helps you when you become an adult. And, you know, so so you're pretty much you're saying that at a younger age, you knew that ultimately this was the type of line of work that you would want to be in. I just. I, I think it's amazing the the variance of, of people that I've talked to in sports media or news media and the and the routes that they go to ultimately get to where they're at. You know, I've t- I've had Joe Biscaglia on the show, and he pretty much was keeping spreadsheets at seven eight years old. He knew damn well when he was seven eight years old what he was going to grow up to do. Uh, Joe you B. Had, oh my it, god, I yeah. love I love Joe V. Fellow leading the charge uh, analyst. He's, he's a sicko with that kind of stuff. Just an absolute sicko. Love some, of the, some of the some of the best <laughs> some of the best spreadsheets that you'll ever see in your life. Some of the most well kept spreadsheets with Joe. But anyway, he knew what he was going to do when he was really young. Um, I become good friends with Matt Perino over the last handful of years, who covers the Buffalo Bills for uh, New York uh, New York dot com. And he didn't know what the hell he was going to do when he was younger. He flunked out of college at one point, you know, and he didn't figure out what he was going to do. And he, and it's worked out very well for him, but everybody takes like these different paths to get to, to where they are. But do you, you know, you talked about knowing what you were going to want to do at kind of a, a relatively young age. Let me ask you this too, by the way, growing up in Syracuse, what were some of your favorite teams? Like, did you grow up a Buffalo Bills fan? Were you a fan of other teams? Who were you a fan of? Yeah. So, Syracuse basketball, still to this day, sure. you know, bleed orange. Um, I know things didn't go well with Jim Beheim in the last couple of years, but, right. you know, he'll forever, he'll forever, you know, have my heart. I'm indebted to him for bringing a national championship. Mm-hmm. I was young in 2003, but I can still remember with, like where I was with my family watching them beat Kansas by three, uh, I think. Kirk, I think it was, I don't, I don't think Kirk Heinrich made the pass, but it was a guy in the corner and I just remembered the Hakeem Warwick block and that solidified. I mean, that was another moment to solidify my love for sports. My mom and her side of the family were big Bills fans. Uh, my dad was a Giants fan. My mom, my mom won the argument. Uh, I was you know, raised in a, in a house and full of family that were predominantly Bills fans. So that, that, you know, T- you know, I'll tell you what, during the lean years, Pat, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about sticking sticking through and, and finding endurance because, you know, it's fun. I had, you know, buddies who were fans of other teams and they're talking about like playoff parties and Super Bowls. And I'm like, well, listen, Aaron Mabin is on the draft board next year, guys. Like maybe this <laughs> this could be it, you know. Um, and then it's, it's funny is yeah, I'm a big baseball guy. I love baseball. It was, yeah. you know predominantly the, the the sport I would play the most growing up. And like I said, it was, I tried my best to make somewhat of a college career out of it, but I was an angels fan, which is weird for a lot of people. And I was an angels fan oh, long really? before yet yeah, long before Albert Pujols and 
Mike Trout ever came along. I'm talking like Darren Erstead, David Eckenstein, Tim Salmon, Troy Gloss. You know, it, it was wow. because those old, remember those old Sports Illustrated uh, TV commercials where it'd be like, come get your collector's edition memorabilia from X, Y, and Z champion. They did one for the Angels when I was like five, six years old, whenever it was in 02. And I just remember looking at the screen and I was like, that's that's my team. I had a lot of family wanting me to be Yankee fan. My dad was a Pirates fan. I had too many losers in my life to begin with, so he was like, "I don't want this life for you." And I was like, "That's gonna, that's my team." And I became an Angels fan, and I've stuck stuck through 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 uh, through good and bad. That's really cool. I actually got a really good friend, a, a buddy of mine, Mike, who who grew up an Angels fan as well. I thought he would be the only Angels fan I ever knew in my life. So I guess now now you got two. Now, now I know two, and that's I only I- know one other two. It's crazy, and he, it goes because of Rock Carew, and that's it. You know, yeah. so it's just it's a specific player that creates your love, and you just kind of roll with it. So you came up. That's right. You did come up like kind of during the Bills drought era, where you're looking at mock drafts by Thanksgiving, pretty yeah. much every year. That, that, that's interesting. Yeah, and every uh, year, you know, we said in the, the bottom of the house, "This is our year. This is our year." <laughs> nah, next year. So you go to, all right, so, so you, you decided to go to college. You said you go to community college for two years and you go to Ithaca. Um, what were some of the things that you did in school in to, to, to kind of ready you for what would be become your career, if anything, that you did while in college? Or were you still sure. kind of figuring that out at that point? No, at that point, Pat, I was pretty, so I, I knew I was gung-ho. And especially, you know, when I got into community college and I credit at my time at OCC, it was called the Electronic Media Communications Program. Now it's the Broadcast Media Communications Program. Mm. Quick plug for them, but only because it was a move I wasn't sure. You know, like there's a lot of negative stereotypes that came around um, going to a community college, you know, 13th grade. When you're in Syracuse, OCC is kind of looked as like 13th, 14th grade. All my buddies were going to like, you know, SUNY schools. I had a buddy who went to Arizona State at the time of his life. So I'm just, you know, part of that was like some anxiousness and trying to figure out how I'm going to roll from there. But it was the best decision I've made, made my life because it gave me such a great foundation. That's where I was able to intern under Stephen Fani at channel nine in Syracuse. And I became really good friends with Nico Tamarian. He was my sports casting teacher. And then, you know, we would, (laughs) I would work with him even when I wasn't getting internship credit, like over the summer, you know, yeah. He would bring me in and we would just go out and shoot things, cover a lot of Syracuse stuff and other local things. Um, so that that was, I think, the most important was that foundation. And then in Ithaca, it was great because there's so much opportunity. You know, I started doing play-by-play a little bit at OCC, but really, you know, when you get a, a big student-run television with the kind of budget Ithaca had, that's what sold me on it when I took a trip there. I was, I was so convinced Pat, that I was going to go to St. Bonaventure out of community college because I almost really? picked it. I almost picked it out of high school. My cousin and her now husband are Bonnie alum. She showed me it twice. Bless your heart, Vicky, because she, she, she drove from Baltimore, Maryland two times to come show me Bonaventure. And both times I picked a different school. But I love, I do love Bonaventure. I did love it. I, it was the ultimate factor of just, I felt like there was, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit better outlook for me at Ithaca. And that's, you know, who would, who wouldn't know? Hindsight's always twenty twenty. but sure. yeah, it started, started getting things rolling, got the ball rolling at Ithaca really kind of hit my groove. I would say like 
spring semester of my senior year, I came back from Los Angeles, did a semester out there, and I was doing a lot of play-by-play, a lot of studio hosting. And and every young sportscaster at that point thinks to themselves, oh, I'm going to be a play-by-play guy. I'm absolutely going to get big full-time play-by-play jobs out of school idiot I was thinking that, you know, <laughs> it's it's much like local journalists. Like it's a grind to get to where you need to be. And there wasn't, a, when I was job searching, you know, in the beginning of the semester, I was just having a hard time getting a reel together that I thought was good enough to, you know, put me in the conversation for some of these jobs and these freelance play-by-play opportunities. And my buddy uh, who was wanted to be a news reporter was like, you should look into, you know, where you started, like just do local sports. Right. You know, it's a, he's like, it's a good foundation for everybody. You know, a lot of people get to where, you know, big networks and big regional sports networks starting in local sports. And that was, that was huge. I made a reel. And then we got out of school, applied to a, tons of jobs before my first station ever said, yeah. And yeah, it's, it was a good, good journey. You, you know, I'm glad it, it went the way it did, you know, cause I think I learned a lot about you know, sticking through it, going through the grind and kind of appreciating yeah. the appreciating the journey it takes to get to, you know, where I am right now, sitting here talking to you in Buffalo, you know, talking about, you know, co- covering teams that you know, I grew up watching. So yeah, yeah. Cool. I got to tell you. So, all right. So you get done with school. Like you said, you start, you know, you're applying for jobs and, and, and such. And I could see people, you know, you come out of school, maybe I know a lot of people like you, you might start working at Ithaca or small, you know, some small area in New York or mm-hmm. Ohio or something like that. I go in your bio and I, and I look it up and I'm like, you go to Butte, Montana. Dude. How did an opportunity <laughs> to, to end up in Butte, Montana come about the, and before you even answer, just also talk about just the culture, because till that point you've lived in Syracuse in the area, New York state, Montana. I mean, weather-wise is cold weather, four seasons and stuff, but just, I don't think it could be any different in Butte, Montana. I told my wife, by the way, that I was going to have you on the show and that you worked in Butte, Montana. Cause my wife is obsessed with like Montana, Wyoming, the Yellowstone mm-hmm. area, all that stuff out oh, yeah. there. Oh, so yeah. I got to ask you, man, how did you end up there and talk about like life and just how different it probably is living in, in Butte, Montana? Yeah, it was, it was a a one eighty. Uh, and going back to what I was getting into before, you know, you asked me that question. Was out of school, I applied to it was forty one different local television stations, play by play gigs too, and uh, everybody just said no. Wow. I wasn't even getting interviews. And then this one station, I'll never forget submitting my application. I thought it was pronounced, but, and I did it as a joke <laughs> and I did it as a joke because I'm like, I told one of my, I think my mom or a close buddy, and I was like, watch, I get this job because I'm going to apply to this and I don't really care. I don't really want it. And I'm going to have to move out to Montana because we're the only one that says, yeah, well, you know, careful what you wish for. Cause they were the only one that gave me an interview. They said, yes. Uh, but the sports director at the time is a good friend of mine now, Nick Petriccioni. He was from uh, the Albany area, and he just kind of knew my background. And really, it was down between me and another guy. And he just, because of our you know geographical similarity of growing up in New York, he understood mm-hmm. where I came from, from Ithaca. And um, he he went with me, and it was turned out to be a great decision for the both of us because obviously you know, we're still friends to this day. And you know, it, and it's funny. I look back on it. I, I wish I could tell that 21 year old Dom that was sitting at his, his house in Camillus 
dude, take that butte job. It was the greatest thing, Pat, that ever happened. I mean, yeah. I it was first off, like your wife has every reason to be obsessed about Montana. It is <laughs> as yeah. beautiful as as Yellowstone makes it out to be. Of course, there's a little bit of like sensationalization that happens with Yellowstone, but I love listen, I love Yellowstone because there are, believe it or not, there are little intricacies within Yellowstone that are 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 true. You know, there are some you know, Taylor Sheridan, the creator and writer of it you know, has a ranch in Montana. I think he just bought the four sixes in Texas, but he, he knows enough about Montana to not make it BS, you know, cause one thing you're not going to do to Montana is you're not going to get them to overlook some BS. So, um, but it was, it was just great. Cause you covered, you know, small NAI schools like Montana tech and Montana Western. I got to dip my feet into Montana state, which is a big FCS school. You know, they're, consistently in the FCS national championship conversation, yeah. uh, which was awesome. Uh, Butte was, I still, it's, I, I think when I die one day, part of my ashes have to be spread in Butte, <laughs> Montana. I, it was, because it, it, it's just when you are 21 year old to the point you were making is, you know, I, I didn't know any anything else. I had spent a semester in Los Angeles that senior year. That was the farthest away from home I ever got. And I knew I was coming back. I had to go back to Ithaca and finish my last semester. So, right. you know, it was almost like a glorified vacation. That was Montana. Like this is, this is I'm an adult now, you know, it's my life. And I took it with the attitude of, let me just see how much of this I can absorb, make the best out of the situation. Sure. I'm probably not going to be here forever, but right. I'm going to work hard and make it happen. And and I think that attitude really went a long way because I still have a lot of friends and a lot of connections in, in the greater Southwest to South Southern Montana area because of, you know, they valued what I did and I really did. I put my heart and soul into it. And, you know, I, I did that and it was like a token of love by the end of it. You know, like I've, I've very rarely have ever gotten like emotional about leaving a place, but Montana was tough because, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic too. So it's just a weird, weird time to have to leave because, you know, there's, there's no place better for being a pandemic than Montana. So you're <laughs> <laughs> six feet of space given that's no every problems, day. No problems, so, no problems uh, in Montana with, with, with space. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I, uh, you know, I think it's really important, especially for younger people. If you get an opportunity whether it's for your career or just personal to, to go and spend time in other parts of the country. I just think that makes you so much more well-cultured and you just understand other areas so much more than just people who, you know, just lived in one place their whole life. Home is awesome, but it's great to be able to experience other cultures and other, other places for sure. Um, all right. So, you know, that's obviously really different than in New York. So is Florida. Now, in 2020, summer 2020, and this is something I can relate to. Like you're telling me about Butte, Montana. I got no damn idea <laughs> the world, what you're talking about. What I can relate to very much is Florida. So in the summer 2020, you go down to Tallahassee or for an ABC affiliate. And this was during peak COVID too, summer 2020. Yeah. So talk yeah. about talk about going to Florida, the opportunity to go down to Florida, um, what it was like working during COVID, which obviously had a lot of challenges, even in Florida, where it was much less strict, <laughs> let's just say than New York yeah. and some other places. I lived in Sarasota, Bradenton area for five years, right around the same time that you did. So mm-hmm. I know what it was like. I lived in Florida during COVID as well. But just talk about the opportunity. I'm, I would assume that this was an opportunity to kind of advance your career a little bit 
by going to Tallahassee. So just talk about that experience. For sure. It, and you know, one thing I'll say too is obviously during COVID time, you know, man, it was tough finding sports jobs. I felt like I was back in square one and you know, sure. I was very, I was very grateful that ABC 27 was a script station. I had gotten bought out by scripts when I was in Montana. So it was a nice internal transfer to me to have to go down there. And then I really got to dip my toes into division one coverage and covering FSU and FAMU, Valdosta State. And the challenges with COVID were certainly prevalent. You know, a lot of anchoring from home, a lot of doing stuff from out in the field. You, know, you get there and you understand this. That is one thing I was not prepared for was getting there in you know late August and dealing with a Florida summer. I, I stepped out of the my first story. I was in Pelham, Georgia, because the Tallahassee DMA is unique there in the Panhandle, where you're still coming up into right. Valdosta, even up into Colquitt County. So you're really, I mean, high school football wise, you're getting cream of the crop between North Florida and Southern Georgia. I mean, <laughs> to, there's a, there's a guy named Terry on Arnold who's a DB from uh, Alabama who's a projected top 15 pick. I covered him in high school. Yeah. Terry on is a good dude. Like it's it's amazing the the talent that's down there. But I remember stepping out of this car at Pelham High School in Georgia, and before I even walked over 10 feet to shake the hand with the coach, drenched in sweat. I, I, had to, I had to go back to my house, change my shirt. I couldn't shoot the stand-up for the story because my gray shirt Crazy. was wet. It was so and it, rain, and it rains every day for like six months, too, in the summer, or at least four or five months. It rains all the time. It's just so, so, so different. Yeah. A monsoon, a tsunami feels like it comes in for all of 10 minutes. I remember yeah. so many times I'd be driving on the I-10 and I'd be like, oh, well, this is where it ends. I can't see anything in front of me aside from the tractor trailer lights yeah. that are there. And then thankfully it just lets up all of a sudden. Then it's blue skies, humidity sets back in. Um, so the challenges were, were definitely good in the fact that it just, you know, you're able to adapt, you learn how to kind of make the best out of nothing in that situation. I was very grateful for that opportunity too. Uh, covering what I thought would be, you know, a great opportunity for Division One sports looked a whole lot different, though, because despite the fact Florida, as you said, was a little bit more lenient on their their rules during COVID and kind of their expectations of how people were to go about live their lives, like Florida State, FAMU, VSU, all kind of abided by their own rules. So I remember covering Florida State, thinking, you know, I'm going to get Norvell in his rebuild, right? And it was some really tough times in Florida State. Let me tell yeah. you, it was. That was a tough period to be covering that team. But you were still doing a lot of Zooms, a lot of Zoom interviews, uh, practice very brief. We all had to be spread out along the sideline, very limited, like five to 10 minutes of you to gather video, having to put a lot of that back home and make graphics to kind of you know, build up your story a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So it allowed me actually really, and going back to the high school conversation, I was able to really dive into the the high school scene in North Florida and Southern Georgia, because it's so big and it, whether it's football, basketball, baseball track, I mean, the athletes down there are, are very talented and there's tons of stories and they go on to do amazing things. And Tallahassee is a big destination for, I think like baseball, right? Like talk to David Ross, world series champion, David Ross, who's from Tallahassee, yeah. you know, former Chicago Cubs manager. He used to do, put on a, a father son camp every year. And him and I would just talk about baseball and life and things like that. So those kind of opportunities, along with the work you get to do, which is covering good Division One universities, you know, I uh, I joke a lot with uh, some of the Bills PR staff. You know, one ex Xavier went to Prairie View A and M. I covered FAMU, and now my Bills credential hangs on a FAMU lanyard. He hates it. He hates it so <laughs> much because <laughs> they just won the Celebration Bowl this year. Uh, same with. State. They're a great Division II school with a lot of success who consistently put themselves in a national championship conversation. 
So grateful is definitely an understatement to the kind of coverage I got to do down there. Because despite the fact that you're in COVID and even towards the end of my time there, things are starting to get back to normal. Um, you, you still feel like you weren't missing a beat. Like the transition back to normalcy wasn't so sharp. It didn't feel so right. severe. Right. Like you were right back in your groove and the connections and relationships there, much like Montana are, you know, I'll have you know friends and connections for a lifetime now. Before we, uh, before we get into Buffalo and take a break too, you bring up Florida and again, being down there for five years, you mentioned high school football. And I just, for, for people upstate here or Western New York watching this, unless you live there, it's really hard to appreciate the talent and, and, and the football, especially the football programs. I can speak for football. Right. I know it's other schools too. My son played at a big time school in high school. Honorable mention all state player. He had four, 13, 14 D two offers. Anyway, he played on a team over the course of three years with seven or eight D1 players on his team. Every single week they played, every game I went to, there were two to three minimum, two to three D1 players. And I'm not talking like nothing against UB. UB's a pretty solid mid-major program, but I'm talking like power five conference oh, yeah. types of, uh, oh, uh, yeah. of athletes out there just every single week. Just I've never seen anything like it. These kids in high school and college football in Florida where you lived and you worked for a while, I think it's bigger than pro sports in Florida. Like they oh, care about college and high school more than pros. Couldn't agree more. And that's a credit. Yeah, I'll give credit to, to Allison Posey, my former sports director, who still works down in the market there. Like she understood that. That's what she made. You know, she's why she's done so well down in that market too. And that bled into me. And you're so right though, because yeah, I can mention, you know, anything from like the Bucks to the Dolphins to the Jaguars here and there. Especially in Tallahassee, they want the Knolls, they want the Rattlers, they're going to want the the Blazers up in Valdosta and pump them full of high school because yeah. parents are proud of the kids they are. I, like it's you go to and talk like you know, linemen that are committed to Georgia, and it's how I feel when I talk to Greg Rousseau in the locker room. Like I'm like up here giving him the Statue of Liberty with my microphone. I'm talking to 16 year old kids, so I have to like they're towering over me, and I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah. like, it must be cool to be you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's a whole different ballpark down there. Yeah, it is. It, it really is wild. Like I said, on the, on the team, my kid played out, they had three running backs. One went to, to Marshall, one went to, um, South Carolina and the other ones at Auburn. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it, it's just nuts. Anyway, we'll take a real quick break. Come back more without Dom Tibbetts. We're going to get into Buffalo and some other fun stuff too. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? 
not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, we're back. All right, so it was uh, summer 22. You get an opportunity to, to come back to, to Buffalo. You get to come to Buffalo, work at Channel 7 here. Uh, talk about that opportunity. Often I ask, you know, is it a difficult decision to make? Maybe I'm wrong, and I could be. But I assume this would be a, not the, the most difficult decision of your life to get an opportunity <laughs> and come to this current job. Just talk about that. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. It was it was right. good. You know, a lot of times when you talk to people who make like, you know, when you're negotiating, you're talking about contracts. And I had been talking to another station um, shortly before uh, my news director, Aaron Mason, messaged me and we got the ball rolling there. And, you know, you, it's always like you never take the first offer. Well, I mean, leaving the negotiation part out of it, like when Buffalo came in, I kind of like was like, all right, this is this is it. This is where I want to go. I also wanted to be back a little bit closer to home. You know, mm -hmm. I'd done four years of you know, living across the country, over a thousand miles away from the family. I wanted to, you know, be a little bit closer to home. I thought my sure. family would would like to have me back a little bit closer. Now I'm a, a car ride away from home, not a, a half a day worth of flying. But it was it was a good decision. It was a pretty easy decision when all was said and done, and the, the contract was in front of me. And it was uh, it was something like I said, you know, going back to the beginning. Like if I could tell that twenty one year old kid who almost didn't take the chance to go into Butte, Montana, if I could just have told him like, dude, you're gonna love it, and believe me, it's gonna pay off. You know, I would have because it, it really did. You huh? You bring up a good point too. It's always nice to be close to home without necessarily being at home where you get Precisely. in the car. It's kind of like having a, you know, some people ha have dogs and you don't really want a dog, but you like playing with a dog a little bit. You know, you play with a dog a little bit, but when it's time to go, you can, you can leave. Right. Now, right. even though, like I said, you, you grew up not far away and uh, you lived in Montana, you lived and worked in Florida. You come to Buffalo, was it still a little bit of an adjustment at least getting, I mean, I know you knew Buffalo some, but to actually live in Buffalo, like what was that adjustment like? Oh, for sure. Because this is the first time I've covered professional sports, which is a different entity than it is itself. Absolutely. And sure. to our, to our Florida conversation, this is like people care about professional sports, like yeah. majorly, you know, the Bills and Sabres command so much attention and not to mention the bandits and their faithful fan base, like they're NLL champions. So it, it was it was a shock and I don't know if shock's the right word, but it was an adjustment because, you know, you, you focus on the college and high school here, but pro sports does take such a major front seat front seat to the coverage here. And, you know, you, you got a little bit of like, you know, training camp preview. I think I was covering some sailing games, just stuff in there in the summer. But then like when training camp hits, it is it is a different beast. Like you are August to January and you understand this as a content creator. Right. You are even even on my off days, like it is still you are pushing content, you are writing stories and covering the bills. And you know, when they're done, you have the sabers to look forward to if they can pull it together. So and that was another cool thing too is like, you know, by default, I grew up, you know, liking the sabers. I think I kind of fell out of touch with hockey a little bit when I was in 
late high school, early college, just mm-hmm. because the Sabres were going through some lean years and I was kind of doing my own thing. But it's been great to kind of like reinvigorate my love for the sport and to really dive in and be around people who cover it because it's helped me become better at covering hockey, which is obviously a vital piece to doing this job here. So yeah, it was uh, easy. It was a good decision. Not that much of a, a shock, but just uh, an adjustment and trying to just feel like I can be comfortable too. Like you know, I say this to, and I might've been talking to my, my parents about this recently, but for all the good reasons though. So this is nothing against anybody who does the things that we do. Buffalo is a very like saturated sports market in terms of like how much content people have, Big but in time. all the but in all the best ways though, because there's the need for it. People want that, and and I that's why I love about this community is that it's not tiresome. Like people really do crave that, and so you know the first year maybe or so, just trying to like carve a little niche for myself and embed myself into this, I always thought was something that would just take time, a little bit of patience. And, you know, this year I felt really good about what we were able to do, what I was able to do. And now I, you know, truly do feel like, you know, could be in the conversation with, you know, people who cover this. And, you know, I, I liked, I, you're not looking for like the, the, the retweets or the likes necessarily and everything, but it's, it's nice to see that people, you know, care about what I say now. Cause when sure. I first got here, I didn't know if that was the case. You know, there's a lot of very talented people that do the kind of things that we do. So it's hard to, you feel like it's hard to carve your spot into that niche, but you know, here we are and it's it's been a great ride. Well, you're right. I mean, the market is heavily saturated with, with sports content in Buffalo. A lot of it good. Some of it maybe um, not as much. Let's just, we'll, just, we'll leave it at that. But anyway, so you're covering a professional team. That is an adjustment because that's a lot different than covering a high school beat or even a college beat, whether it's j- just the stature of the athletes, uh, the, the personality of the athletes, the uh, the protocols, the rules that come with covering, you know, professional teams. Um, you know, like you, uh, so you're in COVID, pressers were a lot different. They still kind oh, yeah. of develop some of that now, even to this day, though, like some pressers now are done via Zoom. Whereas, you know, everything was in person. But anyway, it is, is it, I should say, a big adjustment covering, professionally speaking, a professional team or professional teams here in Buffalo as opposed to to college and high school? I think it's an adjustment only because, it's obviously, yes, it's an adjustment, but I think it was such a big adjustment for me is because, you know, you are around so many people who cover the bills and the sabers and everything that goes yeah. around here. That's not necessarily the case in Tallahassee. Like yeah, Florida state commanded its coverage, but I mean, Allison and I were the two best reporters that fam you had, you know, mm-hmm. cause there's very rare HBCU coverage and same with Valdosta cause they're, they're in our market and we're an hour and a half away from them. So you get into this and I remember like the first day of training camp and I'm just, I saw 10 cameras and 40 people at the podium. And I'm like, what is this place? It's yeah. like, this is crazy. So that part of it is an adjustment because, you know, there are, like I said, there are people who are good at what they do here. And so you're, you know, the, the natural, like, you know, I don't know if it's like competitor or just, you know, the, the inner me that just wants to, you know, make my mark in this market and, and be good at what I do is looking at this like, okay, like I've got some work to do which that in itself can be just like more of a, a mental adjustment to it. But I credit a lot of the transition and how easy I go back and really how it was to Matt uh, because he took me and Brian. We were, Brie Aldridge and I were hired two days apart from each other, uh, each other, excuse me. So 
we both start this journey kind of together. And Bree yeah. has been in this business a little bit longer than I have, but this is uh, you know her first time truly, I think, being in a professional market. I think she was in Colorado Springs where she got to do a lot with the, with Denver, but like that's like Rochester almost in a comparison, having to come to Buffalo to cover things here. This is her first time, I think, being in a market where you know you have two backyard or two professional teams in your backyard. Same with me, and you know, I, again, I credit Matt because he's good at what he does. He's obviously got himself a following, and I, I never felt flustered. I never felt like. You know, like, oh man, I can't do this because even in the times where I needed some guidance, a little help here, you know, I had Matt and, and the folks at at seven to kind of help push me along in that regard. I, uh, I I smile if you're watching us on the video side. I smile when you say that and you bring up Matt because I go back to not all that long ago. Matt was you, and yeah, and yeah. Matt today was Joe Biscalia back then. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. mentoring and helping Matt get ready for his role and kind of help him own his craft, such as I'm sure Matt's helping you do now in Brianna's. Well, I've never had Brianna on the show too, by the way. I've never even met her. So she's going to be on my list of people that I definitely uh, want to talk to. So t just talk about like the relationships with the media, not necessarily the Channel 7 people that you work with covering sports, but this is a pretty tight-knit, for the most part, uh, sports media group here in Buffalo. Well, there's other TV people from other stations uh print media radio like for the most part people here get along pretty damn well actually compared to other cities and people that i know and that i've talked to just were you a little bit surprised at how well your competition gets along like i said you guys aren't necessarily all chummy with each other but respectful and you know cordial towards each other it's not cutthroat is what i'm basically my long-winded question for you yeah, it's it's never to me. It's never felt cutthroat, and you know, I I understand change is difficult. I think for like the first six months, like a great example, and, you know, and you talked about Matt Perino earlier. Matt's Matt's my guy. I love Matt Perino. Uh, John Scott and me get along great, but for, I felt like for the first six months, like John Scott said like two words to me. So you go around and you have those, like a conversation with someone, and you're like, do they hate? <laughs> yeah. Do they hate me? Like, am I just the new guy? Am I? It's just like my hazing. I get as just the new guy here, and which I like. Change is difficult, and you're you. I'm trying to deal with, you know, the, the, the fact that Buffalo, the sports market here is a little bit of a revolving door in some aspects. There are a lot of people who come in and come out and there's always new faces and stuff, but never once did anybody, and this goes to your point, which I agree with is never once did has anybody been disrespectful to me or has been blatantly like, I, I don't really care about you. You're a new guy here and I'm just gonna like, not, I'm going right. to say stuff behind your back. I'm going to say it to you. Obviously like none of, none of that happens, which is, it's nice. Again, going back to the conversation of like my own like anxiousness and anxiety, I guess is, you know, trying to, you know, feel like that I belong here, quote unquote. And I, I never had to worry about that being an issue, which was great. And, you know, I, the bills is the most recent media room I can think of. So I'll just use them for the sake of this is, you know, during locker room cleanouts and the press conferences with Bean and McDermott, and even during the playoffs and stuff, like everybody gets along really well. And it's yeah. nice because I can have a conversation now with everybody. I can have a conversation with Josh Reed and Prusak. And, you know, when I see Sarah Holland at a Sabres game, and same with two, like John Acosta and I have become friends. Like Lindsey Moppert's a friend. You know, Benini and I get along really well, which is nice because you come to a market 
where there's professional sports and you hear all like the the old sports stories of like you know you think it's going to be like an anchorman butting heads and yeah um, like the old guard doesn't want to work with the new guard i get it yeah and and you know and and to me, at least, it doesn't happen. I, I can't speak for everybody, and I don't want to be, you know, because I don't want someone to be like, well, Dom has always just been a jerk to me. I don't know what he's getting at. You know, I hope that's not the case for anybody, but I don't want to <laughs> speak for anybody necessarily. But no, it's in it, even with the Sabres, when, you know, I can get there and, and I'm in that room, like, you know, it's very, very clear that I, I during the Bill season, I'm in. You know, doing more bills than we are Sabers. Sure, but but when I get in like the Sabers room, like I don't I, I don't feel like like the new kid at the lunch table who's getting like side eye looks for like making his presence known here. You know, everybody yeah. gets along. We're respect we're respectful because we all we all I think it's too Patrick's. We all understand. We all understand where we come from. We all understand what we do. You know, journalism and and sports media is so ever changing and it's such a grind and. You know, Lord knows none of us are probably, you know, paid the way we should be. I think everybody kind of has a, an understanding like, hey, like this is a grind. Why would we, why are we going to put people down? Why would we gatekeep this? You know, let's just, right. let's, at least, let's at least be respectful at bare minimum. And the bare minimum has been, you know, achieved and more. Talk about, so I've always thought that TV, sportscasting, broadcasting, what you do specifically can be hard. Because, well, for a lot of reasons, but one of them is you get on air and you only got a couple minutes to tell the stories. You know what I mean? You got to get right into it with your job, what you do, which is a reason why I love having people like yourself on this podcast. Because I think this does give fans an opportunity to know a lot more about you. But when you're doing TV news like you do, it's bam, bam, here's the points. I only get a couple minutes. Um just being behind camera in general, I should have asked you this earlier too. I wanted to ask you this and then I quite frankly, I forgot, but that's all good. Did it take you, what was the, how long did it take you to get comfortable behind a camera? Because knowing that, Hey, I want to be on this. I want to do that. I want to be a sportscaster. That's one thing being good at it's another, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. the com and I know a lot of it from firsthand from doing a lot of the stuff myself too, just being on camera, being in front of the camera, I should say, was it a process for you just getting comfortable where when the lights are on, you know, the camera's on, you know, X amount of people are definitely watching you just the, the nervousness that might come with it initially and then just eventually getting comfortable with what you do. Yeah. I think comfortable transitions for me into confidence. So sure. I've never had a problem getting, like I was always a good public speaker. I can sit here and talk about anything with anyone, but the confidence in being able to tell a story or have the viewer who's on the other side of the screen, listen to me, talk, watch me and have the confidence to go, that guy knows what he's talking about. It goes to the beginning of my time here in Buffalo. Yes. I knew a lot about the bills, but I also wasn't covering the team in, in an aspect like everybody else here was. So that was an adjustment I felt like for me was just to have the confidence in myself to, you know, feel like, yeah, what I'm saying makes sense and people respond to it. And that was the same when I, was covering Florida State and all those other schools in Tallahassee. And same when I got to Montana, when I was trying to learn about this city that I moved to and what the heck am I doing here? Um, so it's never – the comfortability has been there, but it's the confidence yeah. that allows you to really like – you know, now I can find my style and I can I can just be Dom. And that's a, a thing I do appreciate about Seven and, you know, and Matt and Aaron, my news directors. They've never asked me to be anything else. You know, I, I, I've all, I've 
kind of to a fault, I've always been, you know, the heart on the sleeve. When I was in the interview process for this job, I just remember like, hey, what you see is what you get. How you and I are talking and, you know, you've seen enough of me. Now, this is this is how I am on air. You know, yeah. I don't because I remember I got here and I was like, oh, big professional market. And I didn't have a beard at the time. But I remember like deepening up my voice a little bit and, and being a little bit more anchorman. And Aaron called me in the office was like, Dom, I like I hired Dom. I didn't hire what you're doing. And I, and I, and I really respected that, that like, that that's probably the best, one of the best criticisms, you know, I've ever received because, and, and to, to have that too, that will build up your confidence. And, you know, it goes back to just being around people who know how to cover this team. And, you know, I, I watch what other stations, I watch what the, what my friends for the Buffalo news and print media put out too. Cause I think the knowledge, you can't have enough of it. And that way I always feel like I know different, viewpoints of arguments. I, I always feel like I have a grasp, but what needs to be said, how the story needs to be told, what points to get to. And I've been thankfully, I don't know what it is. And early in my career, Patrick, I swear to God, I had every breaking news. Every breaking news would happen on days I'd be alone. Like when I first started in Montana, th- this was big news, but an old MSU alum named Danny Sprinkle got hired to be the head basketball coach. I had anchored one time professionally ever yeah. since I left college because I was just a butte reporter. So I get sent to the, I'm on, my boss Nick is off. So I'm anchoring an entire week by myself. And I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Debut, parents are going to be excited. And then Danny Sprinkle gets hired. I got to do breaking news in a, an hour. I have to get video element. I have to talk about this, try to get an interview. I'm like, I'm like, oh my Trial God. Trial by and, fire. Yeah. And, but that's, that is the best way I've learned how to do this. Like in, I go back to Tallahassee when Bobby Bowden died, like at four 30, we knew it was coming, but at four 30 in the morning, I remember on a Sunday, I got a call from my news director and she said, Hey, Bobby's dead. Like we had a plan and she's like, I need you at the Bobby Bowden statue for our 6am, the beginning of our 6am show. And so you get thrown into those situations that allow that for me at least it's made me very comfortable to the point where like you know when i first started here the matt Ariza thing happened that's not an easy thing for a sports no. to talk about you know because that's not what we do this job for you know but that that obviously comes with the job but it's not what you envision the job to be but you know i you know compartmentalized the information i felt good about what what i had to put on air in a very limited amount of time and then obviously very recently with the von miller thing you know you go you go through enough of those situations now you know i feel good about the product that i put on air at least and how i handled it and that just comes from again what you said trial by fire experience yeah, just yeah. kind of getting thrown in and and that's you know you talk of your point too is that's why i value starting in small markets. Cause I guess what I did a lot in Butte, Pat, is I made mistakes. I made a bunch of mistakes. Owned your and, craft. You're yeah. holding your craft. But but yeah. I, but I but I can there though. Because right. the the repercussions are less severe. Because I'm in and, and this isn't a slight on the fine people of Butte and Bozeman television market, but like I can make mistakes there because it's easier for me to learn. The the repercussions aren't nearly as severe, and people are just happy that you're trying and you're giving an effort. That's all they, you know, and that's what a lot of small communities care about is that you care about them as much as they care about you. Yeah, it's a great point, a really good point, by the way. You go, yeah, nothing against Butte, Montana whatsoever, but if you go on air and you bomb, you're not going to get a shitload of tweets, <laughs> even sure. like you like you would definitely say in Buffalo. By the way, too, you mentioned your beard earlier. Your boy's rocking a, you rock that beard well, man. You, you, yeah, I lost, I lost, I lost a bet, a weight loss bet to my son because I'm a slob and I couldn't stop eating. I had to lose a certain <laughs> amount of weight 
And if I lost, I had to grow a beard for a certain length of time. I tried one work and I paid it off. I had to buy him something. So I was able to, <laughs> I was able to start shaving again. Beards ain't for everybody, man, but you are definitely, you're, you're rocking a solid one here. Before we, before we get to our, our fun fact finale, again, something I love doing that I haven't been able to do in a while because I haven't had a first time guess in a while. What have been, so you've been here now, you've been in Buffalo, you've been in the area for, for a hot minute. What are a couple of like your favorite like food spots? Like where do you like going to eat? All right. So I'll start with the wings. Let's do that. Let's get into Dom's quick ranking of his wings here. So this is, I mean, it, it doesn't deviate much from everybody else's. And now granted, you know, I actually see like you're a guy I see on Twitter who's at a lot of different wing spots. And quite frankly, I, I have not traversed as enough of the wing sure. places I needed to need to be, but I'm, I'm a barbell guy. It's my favorite wing. Um, I think number two for me would be Elmo's. I love, love. Elmo's. Elmo's is great. And number th- I, I had this, my buddies came in for that rescheduled Blackhawk Sabres game. So I, t- and we were looking for places after the game to go eat. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'd been there before, but I think the wings were cold because I was just eating off a friend's plate who offered them to me. I had Doc Sullivan wings the other day. They're Bloom, good. They, they were good fantastic like they they slid up into the third spot there so those are like those are kind of my top three spots and that's with respect to this is gonna people are gonna watch this and be like how has he not i have not been to 911 tavern yet yeah that's got to change yeah it and i know so i just <laughs> that, that's why i want to preference that too i think wing nuts makes a good wing but wing nut wings aren't traditional buffalo wings i think no. they're it's different which is fine they're their own little little niche category and i talk about that with Perino all the time because I know how they work so closely with wing nuts. I love wing nuts. They're just they don't to me resemble what a buffalo wing. They're is. not a regular. They're, tra- yeah, they're not the traditional type of wing. Yeah, bro, you got to get to you got to get to nine eleven. That, that starters. Um, make sure you bring cash because it's cash only. Yep. Um, get you got to get lucky to get, to get a table. Sometimes it is horribly small in there. Everything about 9-11 is not fun until the wings come out and then there's just nothing better. I'm with you on Elmo's too. Elmo's is top two for me as well. Barbell's great. Barbell's getting a little bit overrated only just because everybody loves yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's like, you know, I say it's my number one because it's like, well, now it's kind of everybody's number one. And, yeah. the, you know, and I, again, before the, the Chiefs game, I went out to Barbell actually on my dinner break with a couple of buddies who were also in town for the, for the Bills game and they hadn't had it before. It blew them away. And I was like, yeah, this is good. But it was exactly what I remembered. It's consistent. It's good. And that's why, you know, like yeah. you talk about like chains, chains around here. I think Duff's has a good wing. I've, I've never it's been. Great wing. I've never been upset with Duff's and some people nope. are like Duff's is basic, whatever it is. Like Duff is absolutely up in the conversation for me just because I know what I get. You know, they yeah. don't deviate from what they're good at. You have like five sauces to pick from. Great. Give me a medium. Cause there's a little hotter. Great. Wonderful. I was going to say it's a lot hotter. I was going to oh. say that's what comes with being a Buffalonian and the experience is just knowing some places like the ins and outs. Like I said, you go to nine 11, you better bring cash. You go yep. to Duff's and if you like medium wings, probably want to get like mild to, to low medium because they're, they run a size bigger. So if you, you get hot, you're going to get really, really, really hot at, uh, at Duff's. What about, uh, couple like maybe like non-wing spots and also like what area of Western New York have you settled into? So settled into so far. So I was, when I first moved here, I lived in Elmwood. So I had a lot of great spots up and down. Like I lived on Ashland. So I was right there. I mean, I, I was around a, there. I was a frequent at, at the barkeep. Um, 
I'm trying to think of the the taco bar that's right there on the corner and I can't think of its name. But obviously, you know, there's there's so many restaurants. You know, I, I love for, Forty Thieves is one of my it's been one of my favorite restaurants to go to. Solid. I love Forty. I think Forty makes really good food. Tapo is now I'm closer to downtown. Tapo is right there, as is Big Ditch. I think they all have some really good spots. I, I get it from you know, my boss, the king of the king of the North Towns, Matt Bovey, all the time is I, I need to venture up into Grand the, Island. Yeah, I need to venture up into the North Towns a little bit more and check out check out some spots up there. And like, I haven't been to Mulberry, and I hear people rave Ooh. about Mulberry. Um, I went, and I got food this summer with a buddy at Wayland is Wayland Brewing down kind of Orchard Park area. I don't know if it's Wyland or Wayland. Had some food I've down Wayland, there. I, I, yeah, I, I've yeah. been there. I've heard of it. It's a good, um, good, good summer spot. Really nice, like good, good setting, good atmosphere. Uh, had some good food down there. They've that's been a really good spot. Um, yeah, I think if I had to give you like a restaurant, and just because I go back so consistently, it's probably forty. Yeah. Do you so? Do you live like in the city right now? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm uh, a three block walk from Salem Field. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up here with a a fun fact finale. I'm going to ask you ten random questions. Not a lot of deep thought required. Kind of like rapid file or rapid yep. fire answers. Um, just like I said, one more chance to give people a chance to know a little bit more about you. We'll start. Uh, favorite all time athlete, Mike Trout. It's Mike Trout forever. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for what the Angels are doing to him, for what Artie Marino is doing to this poor man. And I, Shohei made the exit at the right time. I wish we had just traded him and got something for it. But um, I love Mike Trout. He reinvigorated my love for the Angels when sure. there wasn't really anybody to be there. Uh, an honorable mention, too, is because – I haven't. I've been a fan of the Angels longer than I have been the Lakers. I kind of bandwagon to the Lakers when they were bad. But respects to Kobe. I mean, he's the reason why I sure. became a Lakers fan. So I have yeah. to give an honorable mention to Kobe because I was thinking about that, and I'm like, it's Mike, but Kobe has to get mentioned for me. That's fair. All right, uh, go to late night snack. Ooh, this is man. Lately, because I've been I, I've been trying to to also lose some weight this year. But I found this thing that I like that helps kick my cravings for like when I want to order or like go down to Big Ditch or something like that is I get uh, rice cakes, peanut butter, and honey. I, mm. I love that. I can eat those every meal if I needed to. <laughs> so weird. It's a weird one. Uh, it works. But yeah, rice cakes, rice cakes with peanut butter and honey. I love that. <laughs> I think I, I had I had a couple last night. You know, that's that's how I know. <laughs> Favorite place that you visited? Ooh. Glacier Park, Glacier National Park and up in Northwest Montana. Uh, when I tell people that God has real estate there and they laugh and they're like, ha, and I'm like, no, he definitely does. Like yeah. there's, there's no way. Like I, I, if I had him, I would show you the photos on my phone if it wouldn't take me a minute to scroll through, but that is, that is breathtaking beautiful and we did like the tour the highway to the sun road it's called we did the pretty tourist thing none of us were equipped to be hiking to find like the real deep dive finds you can find in glacier national park but it is it is immaculate and if you are going to the montana area anybody listening to this get to glacier national park and just be prepared to maybe have your jaw surgically fixed after it just keeps dropping <laughs> uh your first celebrity crush Ah, uh, this is a good one. Uh, Shania Twain. Shania yeah. Twain. Yeah, I was. Okay. This is young four-year-old me. I was playing. I was. I'll never forget it because my family had like a, a home video of it. We were at an aunt and uncle's house, and I was playing this big bin of like 
trains and cars that they had and just, you know, little four-year-old me. And, um, one of her songs came on a music video. I think they're watching like MTV and Shania Twain came on and there's a this video of me. I stop in my track. I put my hands on the TV stand and I'm just staring at Shania Twain. And all I did in the car ride home was go, that girl is very pretty. She's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, Shania Twain. All right. Uh, a fun fact about you that many people may not know. This is because I know the larger audience here probably doesn't know. And I don't think you know this, so this would be cool. I was on and won on The Price is Right. Really? Yeah. I did yeah. not so know that. When I was in Los Angeles in that semester out there, my buddies and I attended. We got word about an all-college episode of The Price is Right, meaning cash prizes, only college students get picked to go up. And it was part of like a school week promotion. We got free tickets. And that's the thing people don't understand, too, is a lot of these tickets are free. Sure. We got free tickets. Um got up on stage. I was one of the first four called down. It was insane. I did the dollar method on the bid to basically get up on stage. So the laptop I'm doing the zoom on is part of the prize I won along with a desk that I didn't take with me from Tallahassee. Just didn't have enough room for it. And it was kind of breaking, but that, and then uh, $10,000, which when you're 21 and 10,000, you win $10,000 in a snap of a finger. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. It was absolutely wild. So um, yeah, price is right is Definitely. It's a highlight of my life. And uh, Matt, if Matt Bovey watches this or a couple other members of the Bills beat that I've told the story to, they're going to be so sick and tired of hearing about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it was awesome, though, man. Yeah, that, that, that that is, that's awesome. Uh, what movie have you rewatched probably more than any other? Easy. The Patriot, Mel Gibson. Yeah. My dad okay. and I love that movie. And a close second is Braveheart. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson movies, guy. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just know those two movies, man, like the Patriot, I, I could probably recite the monologue to it. Like I, 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 I could take on any role and I could take Heath's role. I could take Mel's role, the children's role. I, I've watched that movie so much and I don't know. It's just, I, it's a great movie. I know it's a, you know, I was, came out when I was young. So it took me a while, obviously to finally, you know, get permission to watch it with my dad, but it's a, it's a fantastic movie. That's really cool. All right. Uh, two more here. I want you to call yourself out. What's a, what's a bad habit that you have? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be, oh, I'm a chronic nail biter. I bite the uh-huh. heck out of my nails, especially when, um, I'm a little, like a little nervous or like I'm pushing deadlines and stuff like that. Like my nails, I got I to gotta stop. I got to stop doing it. My dentist hates it uh, because she's like, I don't want you to ruin your smile. Your teeth are so nice. Why would you bite your nails? You're going to ruin all this. And I'm like, I can't help it. They're biteable. And I, it's just like, it's like, a, it's like a nervous thing I get to is just nail biting. All right. I lied to you when I said I only had two more. I actually got a couple more. I'll, That's okay. Go to karaoke song. All right. Let's say this. Let's say mm-hmm. you and I are at uh we're at wing nuts. Okay. And we're having some wings and they got cool. some karaoke going on there. And in this world, whether you are a great singer or you're, you're the worst shittiest singer in the world like me, but in the, in your world, you're a good singer, man. And I say, yo, there's karaoke going on. Get up there, Dom, go sing something. And you get up there. What's a song that you're going to sing that you think you're going to nail or that people who are, you know, watching along are going to get into. Yeah. I think you have to, because I'm like you, Pat, I, I, I'm not a good singer, but I, I can, I'll crush karaoke. I did that all the time in college. 
I will get on stage. And I think it's when you suck, it's about entertaining. You got to get the agreed, people agreed, involved. Agreed. So for me, it's everybody by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> that that that's song, that's that song will get the people going. You know who actually is a good singer among you media folk? I don't know if you knew this or not. Sal Capaccio is actually a really good singer. Stop. Good singer, man. No, he Sal is. Yeah, Sal Capaccio is a, a very good singer, actually. That dude is so Italian, yeah, dude. Sing, it kills he me. Is. He'll sing some Italian crooner songs. He's, and he's actually- I love that. He's really good at it. Um, You kind of answered this earlier, but I'll, I'll ask again, just in case it's a different answer. But if doing what you do now, being in this line of work hadn't worked out for you, like you gave it a go, man, and just shit wasn't meant to be for whatever reason, what do you think you'd be doing right now in your life? The forensic science answer that I gave earlier, that dream I had to give up on in like 10th grade. I loved chemistry class. I did awful on the test. Yeah. I did great in labs. Math and science were my two worst subjects, hence why I do what I do. So uh, honestly, I did this a lot when I'd come home on school breaks and to get some extra money was I refed basketball. I would love to be a basketball referee. Okay. That's if I one. if I would have to like pivot side careers, I would try to get back like be a full time referee. I don't know what? some about it, and I, I enjoy doing it, and I always thought it'd be a, a cool thing to to dabble in, so to speak. My friend and uh, recurring guest uh, Tone Pucks, who does this show with me pretty much once a week, uh, he's an official. He, he he does basketball and football and, and baseball as well. Um, he enjoys it too, so that's a good one. All right, last one here. You could have three dinner guests, three people at your crib, having dinner, a couple drinks or whatever, anybody, celebrity, dead or alive, any era, whether it's going to be someone who's going to make you laugh, just conversations mm -hmm. that you want to have, whatever it may be, give me three people, dead or alive. Yep. All right. Uh, I got... I have a wide range of answers on this one when I was pondering right. it. So I have a dead an answer, Frank Sinatra. Love Frank. I love his music. Right. I've always just been intrigued by his life. So I'd love to just like have dinner with him and pick his brain. Uh, real life, would I was tossed up between LeBron and Mike Trout. But since I've already used Mike and I just, I would love to pick LeBron, LeBron James's brain sure. too. I would love to take LeBron. And then I think, I think my other one, man, uh, See, I I was I had this answer, and I don't know if it's because I don't I don't want this to end on some like somberish note. But I would love okay. to have I would love to have dinner with my grandma again one day. You know, That's like fine. that would be sure. that would be sick. So those are my three: um, grandma, LeBron James, Frank Sinatra, with a uh, a. A honorable mention to Zach Brown of the Zach Brown Band because that's my that's my all time favorite group favorite artist. So, but I gotta Cold, give love gotta give love to Grandma. Colder Weather by the Zach Brown Band, one of my favorite songs of all time. And I'm not even that big of a country guy, but I love that song. Like I got a Spotify, I got a, a handful of playlists, and then I got a really short playlist, like my go to one. And mm -hmm. Colder Weather by Zach Brown Band. That's oh. uh. That's it, timeless. <laughs> it's that's that's like the song. Like it's not a good karaoke song, but go back oh. to your karaoke. Like I would, I'd sit up there. I would think I sound like like Marvin Gaye singing. Like, <laughs> I liked how confident I would be. I would put my heart and the soul in that song. That is that is the epitome of a song. When you are in a car on a road trip, you are belting at the with all the power in your lungs. When it hits that last bridge into the last chorus, uh it's great. So I'm glad I'm glad we both mutually have a an affection for colder weather because it yeah, is a fantastic sure. song. And you know, you bring up going back to karaoke too. 
Um, you're right. Cause some people sing great. Some people are terrible singers, but they have fun and they, and they enjoy karaoke, what it's supposed to be. It's weird because I could like, we could be doing the show at Imperial pizza sponsor of the show. We could have the, the PA, there could be a hundred people staring at us. And I wouldn't think twice. I'm completely comfortable with that, but you get me on a karaoke and make me try to sing a song. Cause I know I'm bad at it. I, I and some people just don't care, but I'm bad. Like there could be five people in the bar, and I'm going to be nervous as hell. It's just weird. Yeah, and listen, it, it's always easier if I got a hay burner or two in me before I get oh. up on stage. Like, yeah, then then, <laughs> then we're then we're cooking. Then, then I might remix the song, and then I, I'm going to freestyle. They're going to be like, "What's what's this guy doing up here?" <laughs> All right, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I this was a this was a lot of fun, a good chat. Like I said, an opportunity for people to get to know more about you beyond just the great work that you're doing at Channel 7. Make sure you follow Dom on Twitter, too, at Dom Tibbetts TV. A lot of fun, bro. Appreciate you having on, man. Dude, this Patrick, this was awesome, man. This is, We're coming on over an hour here. I could have kept going if we wanted to, but I know we both got, got things to do today. But no, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on and look forward to coming back on. Be a recurring guest anytime. Yeah, and I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everybody who's watching. Listen to this, and I'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. Talk to you then. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.